Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. First, I want to ask you, as I ask all my guests, a couple of questions. But but first, uh, talk about your origin story, how you got interested in podcasting, and how you got connected to James Altucher and the other projects that you work on. What is it about podcasting in particular? Now you're on the other side of the micro. I'm I'm right. That's yeah. the engineer, not Jay. So Jay, introduce yourself. Where are you from? What's your origin story? Hi, hi. Uh, yeah. So so my name is Jay. Uh, I'm from Malaysia. Uh, you know, like. James and I always have this. James created the origin story for me. All right. So this is James' version. I'm going to tell James' version. James' version is, you know, James was walking down the street in Soho, New York, and then he saw a Chinese person sitting in front of his hotel. And then he's like, hmm, this guy can be my engineer. I don't know any Chinese. I don't know. I don't know any English and everything, you know. So I just, you know, I just followed James. You know, he looks like an honest person with the hair. And then, you know, and then I learned all the English from, you know, from, from James. But yeah, by by my original origin story, I'm from Malaysia. Um, initially, my my dream, my biggest dream, is to win a Grammy, mm. and I'm always a, a audio engineer uh, by heart. So uh, you know, I worked in studio for music, for post production for TV. But uh, one day, this this is just pure luck. James just come, came in the studio, and then. Uh, so the the studio that I work in the system is like we got randomly assigned to sessions. Yeah. So you know I just got assigned to James sessions. That time in my brain, podcast I thought is just like a radio drama. Do you remember radio drama back yeah. in the yeah. 60s? You know. Yeah, I don't remember, so, but I know of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but you know, like the 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 80s doesn't really the the 60s doesn't really come to Malaysia until the 2000s. So. <laughs> <laughs> the speed of light. Uh, was the speed of light yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what happened is, you know, uh, I'm like, oh, this is just a, another voiceover session for me. I, I, I thought in my head, I'm like, so I just set up. I just sit there. I just ready to go. And then, you know, James walks in with, um, you know, Jesse Isler. I know the yeah, name. So, yeah. So Jesse yeah. Isler is one of James' guests. Then, um, uh, and then you know, they would just have this fascinating conversations. And then I'm like, this is great. Is this podcast, podcast, a podcast, podcast? So I just went out and told my studio manager, like, hey, you know, every time James, um, <laughs> James comes and book the studio, just assign me on it. You know, like I want to work with James. I want to work on these awesome sessions. So I've been working with James since, and then the studio closed. So mm -hmm. what happened is when the studio closed, I just reached out to James. I told him, you know, the studio closed. I would love to still work with you. Uh, you know, I can take on a role. I, I know this. I know the studio since another city. I can help you book any studio, help you schedule everything, so you don't have to worry about booking and scheduling. Mm. So, and then I just went on become you know become James uh, recording engineer. Then, um, and then sooner or later, all of a sudden, just became his uh, assistant because I start helping him with you know with photos with any IT need that he needs and any scheduling that I can help. And James like, hey, you know, just just be my assistant and also at the same time be the producer for the show. So yeah, that's my origin story into podcasting. So it's funny to me because A, I got a new idea for your first book, which we called Losing the Grammy. Uh, <laughs> Losing the Grammy, yeah. <laughs> it worked for me. Uh, yep. And secondly, how you kind of 
preemptively. And maybe the reason that you guys resonate so much is because you have sort of a, a rapport that's based on similar, um, you know, kind of similar ideas that you kind of presage this notion of choosing yourself. Like you yeah. could have just said, well, like, who am I? And I, I, I you know, the gatekeepers got to decide, but you went out there and pushed yourself ahead. And all of a sudden that made all the difference in the world. It is. Yeah. Because like, see, if I never worked with James before, that wouldn't have crossed my mind. So like I learned so much just by working for James um, during that. Uh, I think it's only six months before the studio closed. Uh, yeah, she came at the end of the studios, uh, the studio life. So yeah, so like during the six months, I learned so much. I learned about negotiating. I learned about choosing yourself. You have to go out there and the power of ask is very, very important because like, you know, you just ask. The worst thing they can say is no. Right. You know? Yeah, so yeah. I just asked, hey, you know, can, you know, I love working with you, you know, I, I, I think you'll, I, I'm pretty sure you'll like me, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, um, and the dynamic with me and James is that every time when we're in the same room, when we first started working, we didn't really talk as much because I'm an introvert myself. So he would just work on his stuff. I would just work on my stuff. And then, you know, we have small chit chat and then we go back working. I think that that sort of kick off the relationship in a sense that I don't bother him if he's busy, mm. you know, like I'm not, I'm not one of those persons that have to talk to you even though when you're working on something. So I think, I think he liked that, 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 that side of me, uh, or those now have changed, you know, <laughs> now I'm just like every time James here, we just, we just talk about anything. We just talk about every, I, I would just ask him any questions and then he would have an awesome answer that I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I look at it and I think, wow, you know, Jay is one of James's most frequent guests. I mean, you guys do episodes. They're supposed to be solo episodes or just James. And then it's Jay and, and, and you have so much insight. You know, I was just listening to, you know, uh, one where you did recently and you're talking about like, you know, people that chose their artistic sensibilities over choosing, you know, financial remuneration. And you're like... Right. Just like quoting all these things like Rocky Five was about that because one of the people that you guys are – I'm like, how does he know that? Like I didn't know that. And I'm from like 150 miles away from Rocky, you know, where Rocky was filled. Or like right, right, they right, was right. in Malaysia during this whole time. Like how could that possibly be? Well, so, well, well the thing is like – well, the thing is that's it because sometimes when James and I talk, we talk about Rocky sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes I was just like, hey, James, have you seen this uh, about Rocky? And then we would talk about it. And then Jay, sometimes James would be like, hey, do you know about this? And then we'll talk about it. So sometimes, like, sometimes I learn news from James and James learn news from me. I think James learned a lot more pop culture from me and I learned news from him because, you know, I'm obviously I'm a little bit younger than James. Yeah. So I would just tell him all the pop <laughs> references out there. Yeah. And, uh, and, but the thing is, it's, but that's why I say you're so great because you can keep up with James. Like a lot of time I can't keep up with James. Like he, yeah. His his thought process is so fast and so out there. I like I really can't keep up. That's why that's why I say I always love listening to your conversation with James because you guys have such a. It's like I'm I'm still at you know in you know in with Intel Pentium four and then now you guys are Intel i seven or i nine you know the no, processor. No, I've got a Commodore sixty four up here, but the <laughs> the thing that I notice about you and and you know we've gotten to know each other and that's one of my favorite things about coming on the show is you and I get to chat. We email. Yeah. I'm, first of all, you're extremely generous, uh, but the other thing is you're extremely curious. And you yeah. know, as far as like listening, keeping up with the speed, well, one thing that works for me is I'll listen to uh, James on two X. 
before right before I come on the show, I'll listen to James at 2x, which is really, really fast. But then when yeah. I speak to him at 1x, it sounds like I'm talking like this. You know, so that's one of my hacks. You, you've given me plenty of hacks. But I want to talk about what what means the most to you about audio as a medium as opposed to video, which which uh, is a different is a different medium. I, I've actually just taken my YouTube videos, make sure I have good audio, push it to push it to audio as well. But but you focus on the audio. Uh, there's a concept in Judaism, which is my language. I know you're going to convert to it after the circumcision. <laughs> well, uh, yep. <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to go. To, I actually leave a block, uh, like that. Uh, I think there's a what you call Jewish temple. Yeah, temple. Yeah, yeah, it's right across from me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I, I heard they have some of those in New York City. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm not it's, mistaken. It's, the funniest thing is it's on the same block as one of the biggest church in my. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then well, the. the my my neighborhood is so Jewish that the Dunkin' Donuts downstairs, downstairs my apartment, it's kosher. It's kosher. So I, have, I am coming over there, man. I haven't had a good yep. Dunkin' Donuts as kosher in in yep. uh, many many years. There aren't many in San Diego. First of all, there aren't very oh. very few Dunkin' Donuts here. But in Judaism, which you know undoubtedly you know from your study of Judaism uh, over these past years learning Hebrew, uh, we have like you know in Catholicism they have the Our Father prayer. They have a prayer called Our Father. It's called a catechism. It's like a statement of faith of the religion that they believe God is in heaven and, you know, his name is holy and there'll be peace. Among. Um, in Judaism, there's an analog of that and it's called the Shema and Shema mm -hmm. in Hebrew means hear or listen. And actually in the, in this prayer itself or in these words that we say every day, three times a day, it has uh, the following phrase. It says, do not follow after, you know, listen, follow your ears. Do not follow after your eyes or your heart that make you turn away, turn astray. And I wondered, you know, do you think that audio is deeper than visual? Like we've all been attracted to like, you know, the opposite sex or right. the opposite, whatever. I don't care. You know, whatever your choice is, is fine by me. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying you, Jeff, just saying in general, the listeners that will listen to this. I'll right. tell you. Uh, but my point is like we've all been uh, led astray by something that's beautiful, visually appeals to us visually. And you never hear right. a politician like – Politician goes down in a huge sex scandal because he listened to some you know person's voice. You know, it's always they followed after their eyes. What is it about right. audio that is deeper that that stimulates the brain so much more than the eyes? It's it's really funny because uh, I've been thinking about that. Uh, no, I wouldn't say quite often. Uh, I, a little bit. Uh, it's it's that you know every time when you put on headphones versus you are looking at a screen. Like even if you close your eyes, you like they like you know like the phrase you can hear them in your head. You can see them in your head, but you can hear them in your head. You know because if you're putting on the headphones, like you feel like the person is right beside you talking into your ear. Yes. But if when you see them more on the screen, it, it, it that's a layer of separations uh, with the visual. Mm. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Like. I'm looking to. I mean, you know, I'm looking at you in 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 the monitor. It's felt like, yeah, you're there, and I can instantly tell you are not beside me. But if you're listening to podcast, if you close your eyes, you can. You almost felt like they are beside you. You know, that's why they say the podcasting is such a successful medium. Is because when you listen on your headphones, it felt like they are there listening to you. Right. I, I don't know if you have this experience. If you look at if you follow one person on YouTube all the time versus you look follow that person's podcast all the time, you feel closer to him 
when you're listening to the podcast rather than watching his YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, you because you can tell like he's probably faking some stuff on on on, on visual, you know, like 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 you said, like um the Judaism, they say like visual can deceive de uh, deceive you more than you know the audio can. And fun fact, I actually is attracted to voices more than more than uh, visual. Yeah. yeah. It actually does take place. Actually, in the Orthodox Judaism, <clears throat> you uh, men and women are separated visually, but you're also not uh, supposed to hear women sing. And I mm -hmm. agree with you. You know, I used to think, oh, that's stupid. That's so sexist. But, you know, it, it is true that there are, you know, between the concept of amount, now take what's the highest level, it's something that's invisible and inaudible, namely God, right? So if you believe in God, and I never proselytize, that's against my religion to proselytize. But uh, but in Judaism, like we believe God is unseeable. You can't see him and you can't hear him directly. And if you do, you're supposed to go to see a psychiatrist or, you know, <laughs> check yourself into a mental. But, um, but that's the whole point. And so when I'm at synagogue or temple or whatever, you know, it's always harder for me to keep my mind on the invisible, inaudible God than it is to look at my wife or my wife's beautiful voice or listen to it. So, yeah, I don't think it's and – and uh, by the way, it could be for women too. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that yeah. experience is. So I don't think it's necessarily sexist. I think it's necessarily capitulating to the fact that the human mind has such a hard job conceptualizing God at all that almost it would be better to be in like a sensory deprivation tank than anything else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also like I, I don't know if this 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 relate, but like when you're younger, like when you were just born, the first thing you hear, about other than the doctor and the nurses, before you you, you know your 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 eyes, you know, it's open. You probably hear your mom's voice first. You That's know, right. That you, they down. say you can hear their vo your parents' voices. The babies can sense the parents' voices inside the womb, and they yep. certainly can't see anything. You know, I I, you know, I always ask my kids, "What's your earliest memory?" It's not like, oh, I remember you telling me the Schrodinger equation uh, when I was <laughs> a five-month gestation. That, that, well, my kids might do that. But uh, speaking of Judaism, I want to ask you some of the questions that I ask all my guests that come on. It's not really specific to Judaism, but um, right, right. but there's a concept in Judaism of an ethical will, something that you want to give to people in terms of wisdom. You are what I consider, you know, like kind of pan-cultural. Uh, that you, you know, you've been in so many different cultures. You've adapted to so many different things. We'll get to like your life advice uh, to your former self uh, later on today. But, but I want to know like what you've learned so far from from your your experiences in America. Um, you know, working with James, obviously, but even things outside of working with James. I'm interested in you specifically. What wisdom have you learned that you want to give to the future? Not on terms of you know monetary, you know, bequeathing something financially. But what do you want to give the world in terms of wisdom? I know you're young, but but still, you you've constructed, you've done, you've had so many experiences. And my question is, right. what kind of wisdom could you distill as a as an inheritance, as a will for future generations? Well, so I don't know if this, I don't know if this is important at all. But at least it's important for me, and and uh, I stood by uh, pretty much once I got here to the states. Is that you know be a, be able to be be able to be able to uh, be able to adapt into in any situations and be flexible or or if you if, if you're born in the western country make sure you spend some time in asia country because western culture and asian culture are two different things but they should be combined into one to make a whole you know mm -hmm. like my 
perspective changed so much. One, you know, like I, I've been in Malaysia for my longest life. So I live in Malaysia for 24 years. So I always follow the Asian rule, Asian culture or whatever. And then came here and then I start seeing all this thing and start learning and other things, all this thing. And that sort of just mold me into who I am today. It's to, to combine the Western culture and Western uh, mentality with the Asian culture and Asian mentality. It's you pick, but of course, you know, you pick the best of both. You don't just combine them all entirely. You pick the best of both and um, and be able to be flexible. That's actually very, very, very hard. And, you know, like it's very important because not ev- like I have, I've seen a lot of people that came from from Asia to here and they would just stick to their way. They, they're like, oh, this is why I do things. This is how I do things. I'm not going to change my my thing. My I, I'm not going to change my lifestyle to fit other lifestyle. And then sooner or later they got depressed and then they went back home, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, it's very important to be able to adapt to adapt to new ideas. Mm. Probably one of the most important things. Very nice. Um, and we're again we're talking with <coughs> with Jay Wujin Yao, who is Thank the uh, super producer. He rocks the mic and the turntables. He is the DJ that we turn to when we want to BJ. Uh, uh, so <laughs> I want you. to talk about, uh, and of course, you're very heavily acknowledged in James's new book. Um, I want to ask you, well, let me ask you first. Do you believe, you've heard me kind of be bearish and negative about extraterrestrials. You've heard Avi Loeb, a uh, professor at Harvard, be bullish. Do you think, A, there are extraterrestrials, and B, do you think that we're living in a simulation? Do you, where do you come down on those two? Okay, so I'm a huge fan of superheroes movie and superhero comics. Obviously, I would hope that we will have, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, you know, uh, alien that wear red tight, you know, and blue blue tights or whatever but i i maybe there is i mean for i mean i'm not a physicist you know i mean i'm you're, you're a scientist of uh physicist obviously you know better than me but like for me um life would mean differently outside of the earth i would say you know maybe what we consider life form or carbon-based life form would be different in in you know outside of earth it could be something that maybe doesn't need oxygen, maybe doesn't need air, maybe doesn't need water, but they maybe they are living or maybe they are not living. You know, living is just a just 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 living is subjective, right? You can the tree is living. You know, the rock could be living too. You know, you know, for all we know, but we they're just not moving or there's no way to define. Yeah, no way to define their their. Yeah, yeah, livingness or like I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if you have seen this experiment. Like someone, uh, someone take two glasses of water. Mm-hmm. One they say gratitude stuff to the water, and the other one they just like you know, uh, yell at the water or say negative thing to the water. And then, um, and then I don't know. Somehow they crystallize it, and then they put it under microscope. That they both are very different. The one that get the one that was given the, the the gratitude and you know appreciations formed m- more beautiful than the other one I, I don't know if you have seen the experiment no I, I, it sounds a little suspicious to me but uh, yeah. yeah I mean I could be wrong you know yeah, it, yeah. it could be some some BuzzFeed stuff that I read somewhere but right, uh, right, right. yeah but I yeah but I always you know believe in you know like like living probably just subjective you know everyone's right it, it, it's hard to define that and 
are we living in simulations? I heavily believe we we are living in uh, simulations. Maybe because I'm a gamer, mm-hmm. so I sort of see the sign yeah. or something like that. But I I do believe uh, we're living in uh, simulations because why would you spawn into that body and then everyone else could be uh, what I call NPCs, non non player control, mm-hmm. uh, non player character. You know, so I don't know. What I really don't know. Your favorite game in terms of like the one that most expands your mind. I mean, I, keep in mind I I don't play many uh, computer games, but but for right. what one is like because I know my kids get really wrapped up in Minecraft, and there's this meta layer where it right. actually relates to physicists and and so forth to think about these con- issues of consciousness that you were just talking about. Anyway, what for you? Let me ask you two questions. What is there a game that you could recommend to me, knowing that I have a limited amount of time and bandwidth? that is so important. Like you got me on clubhouse and you, you thought that was so important for me and you were right. And I thank you for that. And uh, now we did James as well. So now it's leveraging. I was like, but is there anything that would benefit my brain, my capacity or whatever? And I'm just ignorant of it. Cause I don't follow that uh, aspect of, of technology. Well, well, I mean, games, there's a couple way of looking at games. So do you want to play for the story? So like for me, I only play two categories of games, mm-hmm. uh, maybe three, two, uh, two main categories. Is one is story driven, like like you know you read books to know story to you need you you know you read to to learn stories. For me, I learn story from playing from playing games. Mm. You know you know how how people say like you know you you live a thousand different lives if you play if you if you read books. For me, I live a thousand lives by playing games. That's like, you know, a lot of uh, games out there that I just love their stories. Their story is so beautiful. Um, and then the other one, it's because, you know, obviously right now, right now we are adults, so I only have limited time to play. So yeah. I will play games that sort of competitive but casual at the same time that I can play and then it's done and then I can reset again I can play again. Mm. So for the story one, uh, one of my favorite is called Bioshock Infinite. Because they explore alternate reality mm-hmm. and multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that game, uh, I'm gonna spoil it to you. <laughs> okay. Towards the end, towards the end, uh, they just say that you know each stars, it's a portal to a different universe. Ah, yeah. So so they came up with this technology to pull different people to pull the same person from different universe to their universe to. You know, to achieve whatever plan they have, right? Yeah. So it, Ultimately, yeah. So that, that game, leads them to go to GameStop, and they have to pick yeah. up the stock, yeah, and then well the as stock the stock is down and stuff like that. But yeah, that game just blew my mind, and then, uh, and then uh, I, I just love science since I was younger. So like, just like you know, anything that they have to do with science, and they put yeah. the, two, the two of them together. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You got time for one or two more questions? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, great, 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 great. Um, so you know, in your in this experience and kind of like thinking about technology uh, and its exponential growth, um, but also kind of its hazards and, and sort of the negative stuff that you've seen by proxy. I mean, I was hurt, you know, when James was uh, attacked, assailed, criticized by Jerry Seinfeld this summer. Um, when you're dealing with that, I see you as, as a very valuable role. You're not only a sounding board, you contribute 
you're a star character, you are a player character on the James Altucher show. But do you sometimes feel a little bit of a burden, Jay, as as if you're a therapist? Uh, I mean, we can all be therapists, by the way. I mean, I have a, right, right. a strength therapist that's a personal trainer, at least I used to, uh, if you can't tell. Uh, but uh, but do you feel like you, you are kind of a coach or a therapist in a certain way? Uh, not really. Or, or he to you? He to me, for sure. For okay. James to me, that's for sure. Like, every time... Um, he almost like a father figure to me, you know, like I will, I will, I will, we will talk about stuff and then I will ask him for advice. He would give me a great advice for me. I, I think I'm a bad influencer and enabler. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I just want to play chess. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's play chess. Let's, let's, let's watch you play chess. And then we just play. I was just there. We just talk and then he played <laughs> chess. But, but you know, my role is pretty much just like, okay, what is James? wasting time on right now mm-hmm. and i can turn that into content so james been playing a lot of chess a lot like a huge amount of chess i'm like well you should just stream you should start streaming on twitch and then he's like no no and then i keep you know of course you know i i i keep saying like you should stream you should stream keep streaming keep streaming so i managed to get him to stream a couple times on twitch so that actually turned into content you know which you mm-hmm. saw it on uh, on the twitter yeah. uh, yesterday so so like I realized, you know, like if James wanna do something, that's nothing that we can stop him from doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why being being able to adapt and be flexible is very important. Is that okay, he has to he's gonna do that thing no matter what anyway. So I just think of I have to think of a way to turn what he's doing into content or you know, or something that at least I can put it out there mm-hmm. or we can put it out there. So like anything can be monetized, anything can be content, you know. So yeah, yeah. so that that's just that's just me. So like I just trying to see like how I can help James because James has helped me tremendously. So my my role is to make sure I able to help James grow. And you do, you do a phenomenal job. Um, and the last question I have, I ask all the guests uh, that honor me by their presence on the Into the Impossible podcast relates to uh, the name of the podcast. In the following mm-hmm. sense, and I think you'll resonate with some of these laws that Arthur C. Clarke set up and put forth many, many decades ago. The first one is that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And this is a, a quote that I think yeah. someone in technology, in game playing, etc., the stuff that you see now, you know, it's like futuristic, sometimes comes true uh, in the, yep. the, uh, the not-so-distant future. So that's certainly true. The other thing... Yep we talk about a lot is like, what does it mean to be an expert? And, and uh, Arthur C. Clarke said, for every expert, there's an equal and opposite expert. Uh, so uh, that's kind of funny to me that, you know, one person will say something and if we, we never just take, oh, you're a scientist. Yeah. Okay. Isaac Newton, I'm not going to investigate general relativity, you know, Galileo. I'll, I'll just take our um, uh, Einstein. I'll just take your word for it. No, we always want to question the experts. Right. But yeah. His third law is um, really relates to advice to your former self, and the question, the way I phrase it, is basically the name of this podcast. He, Arthur Clarke, used to say, "The only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible." So, what you think is impossible, you must try to venture into. And so, that's the name of the podcast. I want to ask you, when you are half your current age, um, was there a piece of advice or some knowledge? that you could give to the younger, you know, Jay Wujin, you know, and then uh, tell him, uh, that something will be possible only if he has the courage 
strength, stamina, hit points, whatever, to go into the impossible. Mm. Always ask the girl that you you have crush on out. <laughs> always the thing is, uh, it's more like always ask. So, um, uh, Asian culture. I mean, maybe it's just me. Um, we are afraid of us. Mm. Like we are afraid of rejection, mm. uh, which is, which is I I I would say like fifty percent of the people out there always you know afraid of rejections. Uh, you know, um, you know what? So like, I'm pretty sure I missed a lot of opportunity by just not asking, by just by just assuming they would say no. Mm. So these two things I will tell to my younger self uh, is always ask. And never assume anything. Mm. Like, like I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like. So if I, I, if I want to hang out with you tomorrow, I would still, I would ask right now. You right. know, I wouldn't assume like, ah, oh, tomorrow is Friday. Brian's probably be busy. You know, doing blah, blah blah. I would just ask. You know, so yeah, ask is very important, and never assume anything, and never expect, and don't expect anything. That's really yeah. brilliant. Um, I'm glad you said that because there are uh, there have been studies done that I read. Uh, there were famous um, accident that took place on a Korean Airlines plane in San Francisco about five or six years ago, maybe more. And uh, they found they traced a lot of the root cause to the co-pilot who was really smart and very knowledgeable, but he was scared to kind of ask quite like, "Are you sure you want to land without the landing gear?" or whatever they did wrong or right. this, by this instrument approach during perfect weather conditions. And they said at, at least at Korean airlines. Now we, we know that they, you know, that Malaysia is very different, of course, but, but I yeah. think Malaysian they found, airlines gone missing. what's that? <laughs> Malaysia's airplane always just gone missing. You know, we, we don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about Malaysian airplane, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, we shouldn't joke, but, but the point being yeah. that the, uh, that, you know, kind of, yeah, we should all take that advice because, you know, I wouldn't have gotten people to uh, to come on my show, even get connected to James. You know, I got connected to James. We did a TED talk together, TEDx San Diego, back in uh, <clears throat> back in the, uh, about five or six years ago, and we met each other. And I had been listening to him for a long time. Really liked him a lot. And we uh, and I tried to connect to him just back, and you know, but I didn't really, I didn't have any urgency, shall we say. And then later, earlier last year in 2020. I got connected to Jordan Harbinger, who's a mutual friend, a podcaster as well. And yep. and uh, Jordan had me on his show. And after like two years of negotiation, basically, like I had to submit all this stuff and all these comments. And it just took a really long time. Uh, and, and it was definitely worth it because Jordan's got a huge audience, huge platform. Podcaster of the year 2018, like his personal Nobel Prize and your Grammy. But, um, but then I said, look, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure people ask you to be connected to guests all the time. I'm happy to connect you to whatever guests I have if you're interested. Uh, and Jordan usually turns me down because he, he thinks uh, a lot of my guests, except for this one, he's going to ask me for a connection to you, I'm sure. Uh, he, 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 you know, he's talking <laughs> Kobe Bryant and, and President Clinton or whatever. You know. See, he's got pretty high-level guests. But anyway, uh, I said, I'm only going to ever ask you for one introduction. And so far, I've kept this my word. Uh, and I said, I want to be reintroduced to James Altucher. And, uh, and Jordan did. And, you know, thanks to that, uh, which uh, which took you know two or three years in the making. You and I are having this conversation, so the yeah. kind of not being afraid to ask and and that and and uh, and putting it out there because it risks vulnerability, it risks yeah. reaction. And so I think yeah. you know uh, I I can't envision you as as shy or timid, but I take your word for it that you must you must have been. But it's a salute to you that you've grown as a human being and you've benefited by as we say 
going into the impossible. And Jay, I, I want to thank you. I, I love talking to you. I'll probably talk to you uh, in a thank couple you. days. Uh, and it's, it's yeah. just so much fun. I've learned, I learned from you and, uh, oh, and you're just, you. a, yeah, you're a real, you're such a professional and I know you're going to, if you don't win the Grammy, you get a book out of it, losing the Grammy prize. I'll help you I'll write, help it. write that. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait to do more things together. You're so much, you're, you're one of the bright spots that I get to look forward to whenever we chat. Thank it's a bonus. You. I get a side bonus when I talk to James. I get to talk to Jay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a side dish, you know. You have the you have the main course and you have the side dish or the dessert. <laughs> That's I don't right. mind doing that. <laughs> That's right. All right, Jay right. Wujudio. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Say hi to New York City. Go and get me a, a, a kosher sausage, Dunkin' Donuts sandwich. And I just had it this cake. morning. Oh, you did? Awesome. I, I had, so my so every day so on weekdays, Friday to Monday to Friday, every day morning. My breakfast is kosher sausage mm -hmm. with coffee and a donut. Oh my god! Oh, you're making me you're making me pine for my ancestral homeland. Your your homeland and my homeland will will unite them together. I hope we can see each other in person this year. Maybe I'll come yeah, out. yeah. Maybe you should come out to New York because um, a block from me there's this place called Barney Green Brass. Oh I don't my know if god! You've oh, that's famous. Right yeah, the famous Jewish place. Yeah, I have, I only been there once because um, I moved here uh, and then. Six months later, lockdown started. So yeah, I walked by it. I gained ten pounds from the locks and the shmear and the bagel. Yep. You get the bagel breath, and you get the you, you gain five pounds. Uh, Jay, I can't wait to do that in person. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person someday. Okay. Thank <laughs> you for having me on. Bye, Jay. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. If you enjoyed this episode of Into the Impossible with Professor Brian Keating, please subscribe, comment, share, and review. Watch on YouTube, listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. We appreciate hearing from you and are always open to your suggestions for future episodes. For more information and to sign up for Professor Keating's mailing list, go to briankeating.com. Follow Professor Keating on Medium and Twitter at Dr. Brian Keating, Dr. Brian Keating. For more information on the Clark Center, go to imagination.ucsd.edu. Into the Impossible is a production of the Arthur C. Clarke Center for Human Imagination at the University of California, San Diego, in the Division of Physical Sciences. Eric Veery, Director. Brian Keating, Co-Director. Produced by Ryan Keating and Stuart Balco. Mm -hmm.